Breaking news tonight, the U.S. and Canada closing their borders as the coronavirus pandemic deepens. Breaking news tonight, fighting an invisible enemy, calling himself a wartime president. Tonight, President Trump closes the northern border and issues a new order to ramp up production of medical equipment. Tonight, as we come on the air in the West, breaking news involving the coronavirus emergency. President Trump addressing the nation a short time ago. For the New York State AFL-CIO, I'm Darcy Wells, and this is Union Strong. Hello, everyone. I hope as you're listening to this podcast that you and your family are healthy and you're safe. These are extraordinary times that we're living in. I'm recording this on Thursday afternoon, March 19th, amidst the COVID-19 pandemic that has changed our daily lives. It's changed how we interact with one another, how we do business, run government, and how we care for the ill and others in need. There's uncertainty, concern, fear, a whole host of emotions, but there's also a tremendous amount of planning, protecting, and helping that's taking place all across the country. And one thing is clear. In any time of crisis. What is needed is great leadership, which is why I've asked the president of the New York State AFL-CIO, Mario Salento, to take a few minutes to come on the podcast. And Mario, um, I know you've been busy on the phone with calls to our affiliates, your staff, the executive chamber. So thank you for taking a few moments to join me here. Well, thank you, Darcy, and I appreciate you uh, working on this and how this is a really important time for us to reach out to our to our members and to our affiliated unions throughout the state. And as you said, this is just, this is a very difficult time for everyone, for, for our affiliates and, of course, our members and their families. And, and I just want to say to everyone that we are all in this together and we will get through this together. Uh, I, I, first and foremost, Darcy, I just want to make it really clear that I am, over these last two weeks or so, uh, I am I am so proud of what our members are doing. They are out there uh, throughout the state. They are working on the front lines um, to try to get us all through this, whether it's our nurses, whether it's uh, all of our healthcare workers throughout the state who are monitoring and treating and testing patients, uh, at sometimes at great risk to themselves, but they're doing it because they have this sense of obligation and responsibility. Uh, you know, whether it's our firefighters, our law enforcement officers, the EMTs who are taking people back and forth to hospitals who are, uh, you know, in the throes of possible illness, uh, whether it's, you know, retail workers, supermarket workers, the service workers who are cleaning up our offices after they, you know, after we've either had a situation or just to make everyone feel better about the situation and where we are, service workers, construction workers, Darcy, who are out there right now, they're converting current facilities into triage centers. Mm -hmm. And so there, these are men and women who are on the front lines who are risking themselves every single day that so that we can march on here. Uh, and I would even dare to say soldier on here because we, as we, many of us have said, this is a war, a war on this virus. Mm -hmm. And they are there to make sure that we get through this and we will get through it. So that's uh, over these last two weeks has, as difficult as it has been. Uh, I just want to say that we will get through it because we have men and women, brothers and sisters who are doing all of the different tasks that I just laid out. They're doing it because they have a sense of, of what is right and just. And, and what is right and just here is that we look out for each other, we help one another, and we get through it together. 
And I know um, you've been um, navigating a lot of things to be able to help workers, and we're going to talk about that in just a minute with our legislative director um, and uh, our special counsel to go over some of the emergency programs that have been enacted. But one of the other things that you did right out of the gate that I think gave us, um, you know, your staff a lot of comfort is you told us to immediately start working from home, you know, out of an abundance of, of, of caution. Well, you know, we did that, right, it's been about a week and a half now, uh, both in our New York City office and our Albany office, and again, as you said, it it was out of an overabundance of caution, so I think we were a little bit ahead of the curve before Mm -hmm. we started to see other places shut down, and there was a couple of reasons for that. First, most importantly, uh, my concern, and I think collectively our concern for one another, just to make sure that that we were all safe and that we could, in fact, do some of the work that we do remotely from home. So that was first and foremost, making sure that our staff is in, is in good health. And, and second, uh, I think it's important for the state AFL-CIO to set a standard for the employers out there. You know, the state AFL-CIO is an employer, mm-hmm. you know, and we have to take care of our employees. Uh, but we want to be a standard for other employers across the state to see and to understand that uh, what we were trying to do we felt was for uh, the the good health and well-being of the men and women who work for us. So that's why we did it uh, originally over an over an abundance of caution. And now, as we see, uh, it is really taking hold across the state and really across the country. And that's the mm-hmm. way it should be. That if you can work from home, you should. And that we'll get the work done. It might take a little bit longer to get done, but mm-hmm. it will get done. And I think we've seen that. Um, uh, over this last week or so, we, even though uh, our staff has, has been working remotely, we're able to, uh, we've been working day and night, really, to ensure that, that our members are protected, that, um, you know, both legislatively and on the job day to day. I know you're going to talk about it a little later with Mike Neidel, our legislative director, who I think is the best in the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, he's going to talk to you about the paid sick leave legislation. Uh, the emergency sick leave that was passed, and, and unemployment insurance, uh, and how we've been able to get that 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 one week waiver, so you don't have to wait a week now to claim unemployment insurance, workers' compensation and paid family leave, uh, all those things we've been working on, we've been advocating on, and working with the governor's office uh, to to make sure that we secure worksite protections as well. You know, we we know that there's a shortage of a lot of supplies out there. Mm-hmm. The N95 masks get a lot of uh, attention, and you know, and some hand sanitizers. But there are so many other protections and precautions that workers can be taking, and right now we just don't have have them. We don't tangibly have them in our hands, and we're working to get those done as well. And I'm sure uh, Mike will talk about that. But for me, Darcy, just to say this, um, we're here for our affiliates. Uh, whether we're in the office or not, everyone is available. The staff of the New York State AFL-CIO is, is really working 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and we will from this point forward. And, um, and, and again, I just want to reiterate and, and remind us that, and remind everyone, they should still continue to call the New York State AFL-CIO. Even though we are working remotely from home, you can call the Albany office. At 518-436-8516. You can call the New York State, uh, AFL-CIO's New York City office at 212-777-6040. Those numbers are patched in. They will get through to anyone you need to get through to. You can call us directly for those of you who need to get in touch with us. So that continues. You can still continue to call us as you usually and normally do. Um, and again, we're going to get through this, um, because, um, that's who we are. And this is what we are. And, and I've said this once, and I will say it again. We really, truly are a family. 
uh, in this state, two and a half million of us. And and I've said this also, you don't have to be blood-related to be a family. And we don't have to look alike or talk alike or sound alike to be a family. A family is a group of people who, who join together for a lot of different reasons, who care about one another, who help one another, who support one another, and who pick each other up when one of us falls down. And the reality is, right now, we might be a little down. But I, I really, I have no doubt, and I guarantee you, that we will get up from this stronger and more united than ever before. So, Darcy, I want to thank you for doing what you're doing, for you going into the office today, getting this podcast out, because it is so very important to continue to communicate with our affiliates throughout the state. We will continue to do this on a regular basis uh, until we get through this. Mm -hmm. Uh, And again, we'll get through it together. So, Darcy, thank you very much for what you're doing. Well, thanks for coming on, Mario. It's great to hear your voice, and I look forward to being able to see you in person soon. And I I wish you and your family um, good health as we push through this. Thank you. Same to you, Darcy. Thank you. Mario Salento, president of the New York State AFL-CIO. On Wednesday, March 18th, the legislature and governor enacted emergency programs to provide paid leave to workers impacted by COVID-19. Joining me on the podcast by phone to go over the new law is our legislative director, Mike Nidal, and our special counsel, Joe Cannabis. Thank you both for joining me. I know there's a lot going on right now that you're both working on. Thank you, Darcy. We appreciate uh, the time, and uh, we hope this information will help people access uh, these benefits. Thanks, Darcy. This is Joe. Because I'm a lawyer, I have to read the fine print. I'm not here for the purpose of providing legal advice to any of the listeners out there. Mm-hmm. Anyone who has legal questions should talk to their union or a lawyer. Okay, Joe, thank you. And Joe, um, I'd like to start with you. The new law enacts an emergency program to provide coverage for workers impacted by COVID-19 closures and isolation and quarantine orders. Can you start by explaining what each term means, closure, isolation, and quarantine? Sure. The The law provides for uh, benefits for folks who are impacted by government orders of precautionary or mandatory isolation or quarantine and for closures related to COVID-19. That includes government orders of closure and closures due to the virus. Thanks, Joe. And so, Mike, what does this emergency program do for those workers? So, Darcy, this uh, law that is in place now would, for anyone who is subject to mandatory or precautionary quarantine or isolation, it would provide their full pay for the 14-day period that is the quarantine or isolation uh, period. That's the length of the uh, mandatory quarantine or isolation, 14 days. Uh, the, the How that program is paid for and how employees would access it varies depending on the size of the employer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those details are available. We have them posted, and I know later in the program you'll tell the listeners how they can find those details. Yes. Uh, The program would provide full pay for these workers uh, through either the employer, again, varying depending on size, uh, through the paid family leave program, the temporary disability insurance program or paid for by the employer uh, in the private sector. For public employees, the employer must pay these benefits themselves. And the benefit level is capped 
at a hundred and fifty thousand dollar salary. Mm-hmm. It's paid on a weekly basis, so that boils down to about twenty eight hundred dollars a week is the maximum amount that the benefit through paid family leave or the TDI program would pay. Okay. So, um, Mike, then now that the governor has mandated that businesses, those deemed um, non-essential, operate with only 25% of their workers reporting to work at one given time, are those workers covered by this emergency program? That's a very good question. The program I just described that would pay full wage replacement only applies for periods of mandatory or precautionary quarantine or isolation. In terms of actual closures, the uh, the benefit would be paid through the unemployment system. One thing the bill did do is it waived the normal waiting period of one week mm-hmm. before someone can file their claim. So folks would be eligible if their facility closes uh, in order to collect unemployment benefits immediately. Okay, so that one week is waived. And then what about the workers who are not quarantined or isolated, but they have minor children who are under quarantine? Is there help for them as well? Yes, Darcy. They can, they qualify for the paid family leave benefit if they're caring for a uh, minor ch- child or dependent child who is subject to the mandatory order of quarantine or isolation, uh, but the parent is not. They would qualify for paid family leave which is uh, capped at, that's 60% of their pay mm-hmm. capped at around $840 per week. Okay. And I don't think we can have this discussion without addressing gig workers or um, the on-demand workforce. We've been fighting for these workers to guarantee that they have the same rights as other workers, which they currently don't. So, Mike, what can be done for those workers? Well, you're right. We have been fighting for these workers, and we did try to get them covered by this bill. But unfortunately, independent contractors are not included in this benefit. Uh, We will continue to push to get them equal benefits as all other workers in the coming weeks as the legislature returns to address the, the budget problem and other coronavirus issues. But unfortunately, for the time being, they're not covered by the benefits in this bill, and that would include the unemployment benefit if they can't work at all. Okay. Um, Joe, uh, so I understand that different agencies, including the Department of Health, are putting out different guidance about safety protocols and other government services. Can you talk about that? Absolutely. The state government, uh, various agencies are putting out different guidance protocols uh, based on the, the, uh, the areas that they regulate. We have been sharing those with affiliates as they're available. We have them uh, posted on our website, um, and we are updating those materials as they become available to us. And there's a lot of information. I know we went over, and there's a lot more detail. So, Joe, where can people, is there one place they can go to where they can get more information on the new program that we just talked about and what agencies are doing? We're going to have a piece that we're going to circulate on social media that explains some of the uh, some of the benefits available, and that'll link to the various agency websites. Okay. Well, thank you, Mike and Joe, very much for taking the time to explain all of this. I know that you guys have been very busy, and I certainly appreciate it. Mike Neidel and Joe Cannabis from the New York State AFL-CIO, thank you. Thank you, Darcy. Thank you, Darcy. Thank you. 
So joining me now is our chief of staff, Ryan Delgado. And Ryan, I wanted to talk to you about what's happening at the federal level and, and things are happening quickly and changing. Is there other legislative efforts that you can tell us about um, that we're working on as a federation to ensure workers are helped as much as possible throughout this pandemic? Yes. And first off, let me just thank you for uh, what you're doing today with this podcast. You know, as you heard from Joe and Mike earlier, you know, this is very complex. It's great that we're trying to get uh, supports in place, but it could be daunting to access it. Um, There's the state programs and new ones that Joe and Mike spoke about, but there's also existing programs like paid family leave that might apply as well as different uh, benefits through people's collective bargaining agreements or things their employers might provide uh, just as an employee benefit. So the interplay is going to be, it's going to be a challenge for folks to understand. And that's why we need to do more things like this to educate workers on it. Yeah. And we'll we'll keep doing it. Absolutely. Sorry, Ryan. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely keep doing that. So yeah, I am interested. What can we let people know on the, on the federal level at this point? Sure. So there was a bill that was passed and signed into law uh, on Wednesday, uh, March 18th, that created uh, two new benefits for workers in response to the coronavirus pandemic. The first is actually a program that builds off the existing Family Medical Leave Act. It's the Emergency Family and Medical Leave Expansion. And what it does is it covers situations where an employee is unable to work or telework because a minor child, school, or child care provider is not operating as a result of a federal, state, or local declared uh, COVID-19 public health emergency. Mm-hmm. And what it does is it provides 12 weeks of job-protected leave. Um, the first 10 days of leave are unpaid, but after that, there's a benefit equal to two-thirds uh, an employee's regular pay. Uh, there's a cap on that where it can't exceed $200 per day or $10,000 in the aggregate. Now, it's important to note that this applies in situations where employers have uh, less than 500 employees mm-hmm. and that DOL also has the ability to exempt uh, health care providers, emergency responders, and employers with fewer than 50 employees. In addition to that program, the uh, legislation also created an emergency paid sick leave act. This also applies in situations where an employer has less than 500 employees and as well uh, to public employers. This bill uh, creates a 80-hour uh, benefit of paid leave for full-time employees, and then there's also a prorated benefit for uh, part-time workers based on the average hours worked in a two-week period. Now, the amount you receive uh, depends on the situation. For an employer employee who is taking leave for themselves, uh, that's a situation where they're subject to a federal, state, or local quarantine or they're advised to self-quarantine by a healthcare provider, or if they're experiencing symptoms and seeking a diagnosis, they receive a benefit of $511 per day. Uh, If the leave is to care for another individual, uh, so in this case we're talking about uh, they're caring for an individual quarantined as a result of a public order, or advised by a healthcare provider, or if they're caring for a minor child whose school or childcare provider is not operating. Uh, in that situation, the paid leave is capped at $200 per day or $2,000 in the aggregate. Uh, there's also a similar limitation where employee, the DOL can exempt employee, employers with 50 or less employees or health care providers or uh, emergency responders. 
Okay. Um, and that's a lot to take in. and <laughs> It's so detailed and specific, but we'll, we will make sure that we'll have um, some links available so people can go to the part that applies to them and, and look through it and, and um, you know, parse it all out, I guess. Um, is more expected at the federal level, Ryan? Yeah, they're, they're actually already working on another bill, uh, a third. This would actually be the third coronavirus uh, federal legislation. And, you know, we're all focused on making sure that all workers are protected. You know, we talked earlier uh, about the gig workers who aren't protected, but there's also some concern about workers in certain industries like the entertainment industry uh, and other workers who may not be able to receive the benefits that are currently being provided. We need to make sure we're expanding this to all workers and that everyone who needs help has it. Uh, and that's going to be our focus as we move forward in the coming weeks and months. Well, there's certainly a lot more to do. Um, that's obvious. But uh, hopefully this, um, you know, brings some sense of relief to people because people are kind of in limbo wondering what's going to happen. And so many people don't know what's going to happen with their job. And and sadly, you know, there are people out there who already do know what's going to happen and they're out of work and trying to figure this out. So I appreciate you taking the time, uh, Ryan, as well. And um, we will continue to provide updates on our website as things change. And we'll continue to do these podcasts to help people as much as we can. So thank you very much, our chief of staff, Ryan Delgado. Joining me on the phone now is our digital director, Kevin Eitzman. Hi, Kevin. How are you doing? Good, Darcy. Uh, I'd be better when this is over, uh, but I'm happy to be talking to you and and feeling really lucky that we work as such a great organization that, uh, you know, allows us to to work from home and, and still get important work done for working people. So we just covered all kinds of information, and I know it can get confusing for people, and it depends on your individual situation, but um, we're going to put all of this in one location, right, Kevin, so people will be able to access these different links? Absolutely. We're going to have it right on unionstrongny.com. Uh, it'll be right on the website. And we'll also have it on this episode uh, for people to be able to, to share and use and, and look for information. And as we get new information, we'll keep updating it. Okay, great. And our special counsel, Joe Cannabis, wanted me to point out one other thing, and that is for people who have been exposed to COVID-19 at their place of work, they may also be entitled to benefits from workers' compensation. So we're going to include that as well in those links that um, Kevin was just talking about. And uh, I guess before we sign off, um, Kevin, I'm I'm here by myself. It's so weird, but we all appreciate um, the caution that our president, Mario Salento, has taken by having us all work at home, which we can do. We can even do this podcast. I'm here now, and then you're going to either be in later editing, you know, while I'm not here. And But it's, it's, it is strange, isn't it, not seeing everybody? It, it's a whole new world, but um, you're here with the kids, and, and you're finding that space to get work done. Uh, but the thing that I've been encouraged the most about is uh, on social media, working people have really been responding. Uh, they've been talking about, you know, raising up the, the work of grocery store workers and mm-hmm. nurses and truck drivers and first responders and making sure that, uh, you know, they are first and foremost in everybody's thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the social media uh, has been really, really positive, even in this you know, time of, of crisis. So, you know, make sure you're following us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and participate in the conversation. And, you know, when we all can't be with each other, we can talk online and 
socially be with each other and have each other's back. That's yeah, great to see. Absolutely. And we're going to continue with these podcasts, um, you know, any kind of updates we can give and people's stories. And it's hard because I know everyone is so busy, especially those frontline workers, all that pressure and stress. But we're um, working on some other shows to address that as well. And we'll continue to do that. So, Kevin, stay healthy and, and safe with your family. And I look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you and yours. Thanks for listening to the Union Strong podcast. If you like what you're hearing, you can subscribe and give us a rating. This has been a production of the New York State AFL-CIO. Our president is Mario Salento. Our secretary treasurer is Terry Melvin. We're a federation of 3,000 unions representing 2.5 million union members, retirees, and their families with one goal, to raise the standard of living and quality of life of all working people. We keep New York State unions strong by fighting for better wages, better benefits, and better working conditions. For more information on the labor movement in New York, visit nysaflcio.org. Until next time, stay union and stay strong.